How to start an aesthetic business. A very common question I get asked almost every week. I'm gonna answer that today. More interestingly though is, how do you actually thrive in aesthetics? And I'm gonna give you my point of view on that too. So if you're looking forward to learning more on this topic, please give this show a like. Let's dive in. So what are the basics? Now these really are the very basic basics, but essentially all you need is a certificate that says you've attended training on where to inject. You then offer the treatments for which you have a certificate to the public. You can do this through friends and family, social network channels, buy and sell groups. You can obtain stock from a myriad of online suppliers. You can get insurance if you want to, and you can find somewhere to meet your patient. This can be anywhere from hotels, salons, and nowadays vehicles like modified camper vans your house or theirs. When you meet your client, you can deliver the injections they ask for, take payment, and hope to do the same again later. In the UK, amazingly, there are no entry requirements. We have an incredible situation where aesthetic training providers are literally targeting their training to people who have zero qualifications and in fact struggle to read and write. Check out the FAQs from this non-medic training provider which literally say, don't worry if you struggle with reading and writing. So, the point is, there is no problem getting started at least in the UK. The problem really is about building a successful clinic and these principles apply wherever you are in the world. So how do you really thrive in medical aesthetics? Well, this starts for me with your strategy. How are you going to add value to the marketplace? There are broadly speaking a limited number of ways that any business can survive. If you're starting out, you will choose one of these ways whether you intend to or not because every business is competing either to be the cheapest, the most convenient or the best in a particular domain. Many of the people who take the low bar approach to medical aesthetics naturally end up competing on price because the training is so basic that practitioner correctly feels that they have limited value to offer and they look for ways to be cheaper instead. So they end up competing on convenience and trying to decrease the price. In any particular location, there will always be one practice cheaper than all the rest and for the other people only interested in price, this is the best practice in town. Of course, in that same town, there are many people whose hopes and fears do not center around saving money or time. And it's in this part of the market where I believe the greatest variety of successful businesses will survive because there are so many ways to compete beyond time and money. If you're going to compete in areas other than price or convenience, your starting point for success is to have some empathy for your potential patients. What are their hopes and fears? When you understand this, you can compete to be the best at alleviating the particular person's fears and helping them attain their hopes. You can do this really well if you really start to care for your potential patients. In fact, you really should, and I know it's slightly cheesy, but love your patients because when you do things from this position, you make way better decisions. Really get in touch with that part of you that wants the best for them and grow your practice from that point of view. When you really care, you aim high and you aim at real value to them. Here's the stark truth though, you won't feel this way all the time, especially not at the start, because you'll be focused on your own insecurities. For whatever reason, our sector is rife with insecurities. It's a strange setup where we all need each other to develop and support each other, yet we are also competition with each other. Emotions run high, colleagues criticize and call out things they don't like. You will be fearful of your ability to deliver your results. You will worry about rejection. You will be concerned about the judgment of your colleagues and you will spend time worrying about how you look from the outside. You will want to fortify yourself against the critics somehow. You may struggle with imposter syndrome and comparisonitis 
And you may put energy into things that bolster these insecurities, which ultimately are irrelevant to your patients. I think this is a common stage of development, to chase the artifacts of success that will, in your mind, make you finally enough. Awards, qualifications, airbrushed photos, and having a shiny clinic, all of them start to make you feel legitimate in your own eyes, and in the end will finally allow you to start to focus on your patients. And that's the place where your business really starts to compete. It can take some people three or four years to get to this point, and I'm hoping this video will make most of you do it much quicker. So, what do your patients really need from you? The bedrock of medical aesthetic practice is trust. Not many people talk about that, but it's made up of three different attributes. First is competence. You must learn enough about the problems and the solutions you offer to demonstrate real competence. This means teaching your potential patients what you know and demonstrating the power of that knowledge by tailoring treatments around their unique situation. The next part of trust is integrity. If you really want the best for your patients, this should come across naturally, but you must take the opportunity to make it abundantly clear that that is who you are. Say no without contempt when they ask for things you don't agree with. Explain why your attitude to safety and efficacy means you will say no to certain treatments. Help them prioritize with their budgets and not just blow their budget. Be honest about what you can and cannot do. Although they never ask for it, I believe someone who they can trust is worth more to many patients than someone with some claim to advanced technical skill. The next part of trust is emotional safety. If you have real empathy for your patients, you will already understand the battles that they are going through in deciding whether or not to have a treatment. But they need to feel safe to open up and tell you their battles. Most patients think they are flawed for having an insecurity. They worry you will think they are vain for asking for your help. You must allay these fears wherever you can before your patients will tell you what they are really seeking from you. In this industry full of airbrushed photos and relatively meaningless awards, I've realized the best practitioners are best summarized with one word, authenticity. They are really on the side of their patients. They want the best for them. They skill up to help and not just to sell. The problem is many of these practitioners do not know how to let their potential customers know about the value that they have. This is where your marketing must catch up with the skills you're developing to use to benefit your patients. A business can only survive if it sells something, and you cannot sell without marketing. So how do you market your business? If you know who your customers are and you have empathy for them, you actually already know how to market to them. Your goal is then to build a system to generate a predictable stream of new patients. Some do this through a weekly column in a local magazine, many through social media and through affiliated businesses. With this marketing, you're essentially trying to achieve two goals. First, to get their attention, and second, to build trust. To get attention, you need to be real. People are extremely sensitive to fake, pretending to educate when really it's a sales pitch, for example. Now, being authentic is risky because you're not able to hide in consensus and stand out. So what do you really think? Attention is arguably the hardest part of marketing. To build trust, you must educate, inform, and guide people in the content that you share with attention-grabbing headlines. This process is centered around uniqueness. If you emulate everyone else, you become invisible. The good news is people buy from people, and people are all unique. So the biggest battle in marketing is to let your uniqueness out in the message that you bring. Anyone may be able to stick a needle into a muscle and relax it, but not anyone cares enough or is skilled enough to really understand their patients and then spend time carefully designing holistic treatment plans that actually create the inner transformation that they really seek. Now, you have attention and you have trust. You now have to learn how to actually make them an offer. 
So many great clinicians fail at the point of making a deal. Book in for a free consultation, commit to a treatment plan. The good news is this is hardest when you don't have empathy for your patients or believe in the products and procedures that you can do. When you believe in the power of your techniques and you care about your patients, you will naturally sell them because you know what they need and you know how you can help. If you're a decent person and you feel hesitation about selling, it's because you doubt the value of the product or the service to your patients. Once you get your message out and it starts to get a response, the next phase is to rinse and repeat and iterate as you go. You have to keep improving your skills, your understanding of your patients, the number of problems that you can solve. Learn how to better get attention from the people that you can help and learn to build trust faster. And finally, learn how to better get them to commit to seeing you. Do all those things and you will have a successful practice, no matter how crowded the marketplace, because most people are not even trying to do this. Now, it's true, you can build businesses in aesthetics many other ways. But my tribe, I like to believe, are the healers. If you really want your treatments to mean something, you have to aim to not only treat what you can see, but the story on the inside. That's what most people are really after, to feel different in their lives, to feel more confident in certain situations, to be braver, stronger, and to survive and thrive. If you can be the kind of practitioner who actually helps people do this, then you too will thrive. But you have to let people know. You have to let them know what you really believe and what your intentions are through thought-provoking, attention-grabbing content, and then make them an offer to come and see you. I really hope that helps you build your practice and succeed. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Mm -hmm.